0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. If, as the Bible says, God is no respecter of persons, why do the prayers and petitions of some get answered and others not? This is What Makes Faith Work is a powerful, intense eight-day study in which pastor explains the system God has set up to assure your prayers will get answered. Because faith without works is dead, it addresses how to put action to your faith in speaking intimately about Abraham, the father of our faith. Each one of the eight lessons speaks directly as to how faith, action, hope, and patience can powerfully work in your life so that your prayers get answered through the lifestyle of faith pastor so clearly outlines. Each and every session could dramatically change your life in providing the key to that lifestyle of getting whatever prayer your faith puts before God answered. Here's pastor with today's truth on what will make your faith work.
1: Well, I want to get back to my message and finish up on my little series, I think I'm finishing up, on my little series on faith, on this aspect of faith. We've been talking about the subject of faith. We started in the book of James, and the very first thing we talked about faith is that faith needs action. Um, James says it this way, that faith without action is dead or useless. Um, We found in the Amplified Bible, it says faith without action or corresponding action is destitute dead lifeless i don't know it was a bunch of different words and adjectives that uh right devoid of power and uh, useless dead and my thing is dead 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 so we understand that faith that stands alone that doesn't have any action or activity backing it up is non-producing faith you see god has um, a system god has a system that he's put into place his system is that you approach him in faith. You do the corresponding action. In other words, you do what the Bible tells you to do. You, you do what this word tells you to do. And you trust God and put your faith and believe God. And believe, put your faith in God. Things are going to turn out exactly the way the book says it. That's, a, that's what's going to happen. Now, So action is the activator of your faith. did not you like that? Isn't that good? Action is what makes your faith work. So wherever the Bible teaches us to do uh, or to practice, whatever we ought to be doing it. And you can plug that into any other aspect or area of the word, you see. The Bible says, do unto men, Jesus taught this, do unto men as you would have them do unto you. In other words, if you want respect, it all goes back to sowing and reaping, you know. If you want respect, guess what? You have to start giving respect. You say, "Ah, nobody respects me. That's because you don't respect anybody. You You want love, you have to give love. Say, oh, nobody ever loves me. Well, you've got to give love. Nobody really cares about me. You know why nobody cares about you? Probably because you don't care about anybody anyhow. When when people get to talking about you, all we talk about is you. It's all about you. It's all about me, right? So do unto men as you would have them do unto you. So you see, you've got to put action to your faith. You can believe God and quote the word, and that's part of the action, but wherever there is some uh, corresponding action or some... Uh, required action, put it into practice so that you can see your, the result of your faith. Otherwise, your faith lays dormant. You can know it, quote it, believe it, say it, all this kind of stuff. But if you do not put action to the word, word is not going to produce in your life. So you've got to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer because that's not going to produce anything in your life. So we talked about the very first thing is that faith needs action or some sort of corresponding activity. My hope as a pastor is that I'm gonna jumpstart you, your faith, hopefully give you information and stimulate you and stir you up enough to where you'll put that faith into action, into activity. That you'll not just sit here and say, oh, that was a good word, that was a good message. And then you walked out the door and it has not impacted your life, it has not changed your life, it has not done anything. You just walked out in the same condition that you walked walked in with, change. So wherever the Bible tells you to do something, do it. When the Bible tells you to humble yourself, And you'll be exalted. Don't try to exalt yourself and think that you're going to be exalted. The more you exalt yourself, the more God's going to humble you. So you can have faith for increase and you can have faith for promotion and faith that you'd be recognized. But if you're not practicing the principle of humility, you can quote all you want. You can know all you want. You can say all you want. You are not going to be promoted because pride cometh before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. Destruction. So you see, wherever you learn from the word of God to do something, do it. And the Bible says, humble yourself, humble yourself. And the Bible says, love your neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself. When the Bible teaches you to do unto others is you would have it do unto you, in other words, whatever you want done to you, you do you like, how many of you like people being generous with you? Of course, we all like to be be treated generously. Well, then you treat others generously. Do unto men as you would have them do unto you. Wherever you learn the word, put it into operation. Don't just say you know it. Just don't say you believe it. Don't just, yes, start living it, right? Forgive others. If you want to be forgiven, then you've got to forgive others, right? If you don't want to live under judgment and criticism, then don't be judgmental and don't be critical of others. Live the word. So put some action to the things you say you believe put 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 action to your faith that's what brings results that's what brings uh prosperity that's what brings development and growth in your life and your christian walk when you start living this stuff instead of just knowing it and just quoting it the other thing we talked about last week which is a very favorite subject of mine is that faith needs hope in hebrews chapter 11 verse one now faith is the substance of things hope for the evidence of things not seen so we, we understand that hope and faith really work together. That if you don't, if you have faith without hope, I call it this way, or I say it this way, you have hopeless faith. Now, years ago, there were a lot of teachers that, you know, kind of kiboshed hope and, you know, they were saying that you, you're never getting anywhere hoping, you're never gonna get, you know, anything. And there's truth to that. You, you can't just go on hope. hope uh, if hope stands alone, it is useless. If faith stands alone apart from home, it is useless. They are connected and they are, they are necessary for one another. And if you understand how they work. Hope, and I gave you my definition of the word hope, is the joyful, confident, favorable expectation of things to come. So it's not a doubtful word, it's not an uncertain word. You know, like in the world, um, you say to people, someone's having a bad day, say, well, don't worry brother, we're gonna to pray, tomorrow's gonna to be a better day. And they look in you and they go, I hope so. Well, that means that they're unsure, they're uncertain. And they use the word hope to describe their uncertainty. Well, um, the word hope in the Bible has absolutely no negative or uncertain connotation attached to it. The word hope, the way God intended that word, is a very powerful word. Again, the best definition that I could come up with is I've studied it in dictionaries and Bible dictionaries and went around and looked at the Greek and found all the different meanings to the word hope. This is the definition, the joyful, confident, favorable expectation of things to come. So when I'm looking to my future, it's joyful. It's full of confidence that God is going to work in my life. That the word will become a reality in my life. That things will be better tomorrow if they're not so good today. Tomorrow certainly will be. It's not like I hope so. I'm hoping so, which means I am joyfully, confidently with favorable expectation looking to tomorrow as a much better day than today. There's no doubt (laughs) attached to it. There's no doubt whatsoever attached to it. So faith needs hope. It's the joyful, confident, favorable expectation of things to come. right? So I, I like to say this, that um, often when I've ministered to people and they think that they're having a faith problem, often it's not so much a faith problem as it is a hope problem. Their hope is so low. You could see if, if your hope starts to sag, your faith will follow suit. So as I'm looking to my future, I, I need to have high hopes, for, for my tomorrows. In other words, what are you believing for? Where, where do you want to be? Do you have an idea of what you would like to be doing in the next year, two years, five years, ten years? What is it? What is your hope for your tomorrow? Because if you don't have hope for your tomorrow, your faith has no direction. It would be like an archer being all ready with a bow and arrow but not having a target to shoot. Your hope is the target, your faith is the arrow. But if, the, if faith does not have a target, the arrow doesn't know where to go. It's like, I don't know if I said this group or what, but anyway, I could repeat it because you probably didn't listen to it, but anyway. But it's be like going on vacation and not knowing where you're going. Pack up the kids, put the, car, uh, the kids in the car, put the dog, put the luggage there, you get in the car and say, okay, we're on vacation. Where are we going? I don't know. Well, that's how some people live, by faith. It, they don't know where they're going. Their faith has no direction. What are you putting your faith on? Whatever it is that you're putting your faith on is your hope. Did you hear what I just said? Whatever you're putting your faith on is your hope for tomorrow, is your joyful, confident, favorable expectation of what's going to come about in your life. All right? So you have to have hope. Hope without a faith without hope is hopeless faith hope by itself is not going to accomplish anything because you you do have people that do that well i'm hoping that god's going to do this that's not what i'm talking about there's no doubt about it i know faith tells me uh, the word tells me what god has already appropriated for me all right we'll talk about uh, finances and prosperity and prosperity is the reward of the righteous you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was poor, for your sakes became rich, that through his poverty you might become rich. We already know that God wants to enrich us in every way. We already know from the word of God that progress, prosperity is the will of God, right? So that ought, that's what sets our hope. Here's, here's something here's something really important. Don't ever put your hope in a thing. That's right. Amen. Don't let a thing become your joyful, convent favorite Put your hope in the Word of God. Put your hope in the Word of God. All right. um, actually, the verse that I'll give you so you can see that um, is found in... Let me find it. Where is my... I'm a little messed up in my nose. Okay, here we go. Romans 15, 4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning... Listen, that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Let's go over to Romans chapter 4. Let's go to verse 13, we'll read it in context. All right? So, um, for the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So we understand that it wasn't through anything that he did. It's what God did for us. So... God's blessings don't come to us because of our good behavior or because we do so much or we do this. God's blessings and promises come to us by faith, yes. by pure faith. That's how God works. For if those who are of the law are errors, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect, because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise may be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So we see that the promise comes by faith. All of God's promises, the promise for salvation, and every other promise that's contained in the book comes by faith, not the observance of laws, rules, regulations, guidelines. Because then that would be man's effort and then man could say i did this so that god would wipe that out he said it comes by faith not by the observance of rules regulations guidelines and laws this is a work of faith that's how god responds you know and god does respond when people reach out to him in faith in faith are you all seeing that all right so he says as it is written i have made you verse 17 you a father of many nations, in the presence of him who he, Abraham, believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Hallelujah. You know what that tells me? God is the God of the impossible. Whatever may seem impossible to you is very possible with God. All things are possible with God. God who gives life to the dead and even calls those things that do not exist as though they were. That's how he created the universe. That's how he created the earth. That's how he created man. He spoke it into existence. He said, let there be light, and light was. He said, let the waters draw back from the firmament, and bam, dry land arose out of the waters. That's how God creates. That's how we create with our own words. See, we don't have time to get into that, but that's well he's, right, didn't Jesus say he said, if you say to them have faith in God if any of you says to the mountain yes. be thou cast into the sea and do not doubt in your hearts yes. that those things that you say will come to pass you shall have whatsoever you say whatsoever so, so you see I love this God 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 who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did God could give life to dead things hallelujah not only dead bodies, but dead things. Here, you ready? God could give life to a dead dream. God could give life to a dead vision. Come on, or a tired vision. You need a a B12 shot. You need a Holy Ghost B12 shot. God can give life to even those things that may seem distant and God, I'm telling you, things can resurrect. He doesn't only resurrect bodies. He resurrects dreams, visions, deal, all kinds of stuff can come back to life. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. He calls it, speaks it. All right, now ready? Verse 18, this is where I wanted to get to. He's talking about Abraham. Abraham, you remember the story? He was 100, Sarah was 90. God told him, they were going to they were going to give birth to a child. Who gives birth at 90 and 100? Let me tell you, it just doesn't happen, right? But we're dealing with God here, all right. So all things are possible, right? You got to see your life that way. All things doesn't matter. You say, say, well, it can't be, it can't be. Yes, it can. With God, all things are possible, all right. As long as it's consistent with godliness, doesn't violate another human's uh, human being's uh, free will, or you know, you can't impose your will on another human being. I'm talking about things that you're believing for your life, and so God can, God can do that, all right. So He says. Um, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though. Who contrary to hope, contrary to joyful, confident, favorable expectation of things to come. Who at 90 and 100 are favorably expecting to be pregnant with a child? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, there is no hope there, right? But contrary to hope, better sense hope. Because my senses tell me that this can't be. But my faith tells me that God said it. So if God said it, then I prefer to continue hoping with joyful, confident, favorable expectation that it will be because God said it. It doesn't matter what my senses say, because God said it. So who, contrary to hope, in hope, in joyful confidence—in other words. All of the things that his senses were telling him pointed to the fact that he should just be quiet, sit down, don't get excited about this, because the chances of your wife at 90 years old and you at 100 giving birth to a child are about zero. No hope here. But he believed God more than he believed his own body. He believed God over what his mind, his senses, and his emotions and his feelings were telling him. He believed God more than he believed the report of the doctor. Who said abe are you crazy sarah are you out of your mind i've been delivering babies for years i never delivered a baby on a hundred year old man or a ninety year old woman well get ready doc because here it comes (laughs) against all hope against all hope in hope in joyful confident favorable expectation he believed or used this faith so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Now listen, this is what he did, because now it tells you a little bit more about how Abraham did. And not being weak in faith. In other words, his faith was strong. You know, things were people were trying to talk him out of it. You're crazy, you're nuts. You're, I don't care what you say. I care about what God, say. God says. God says, God says, God says. I don't care what you say. You're human, he's God. I believe God over you. I believe God over every human. God said, God said, God said. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. I don't care I'm a hundred. I don't care that her, her, her womb is dried up. God said. God promised. And if God said it, he's not a man that he should lie. My faith is in the living God. My faith is in the Word of God. My hope is in what God says. Not being weak in faith, he did not consider. He didn't look at his own weak body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of sarah's womb he did not waver at the promise of god through unbelievable he didn't waver through unbelief he just stood steady in faith god said it i believe it and that's that god said it i believe it and that's that god you said it i believe it he did not waver in other words, he went hot and cold with god it wasn't hot and cold on the word. Now, sometimes your brain, you know, your emotions want to get involved and your, your feelings get involved, but you got to rise up deep within your heart. Your faith has got to overtake your emotion. Your faith has got to overtake what your brain is saying. You got to rise up and say, God says, God says, God says, I don't care what my emotions are saying. I don't care what my current situation is. God said, God said. He didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb He didn't consider that he was 100 years old. The only thing he considered was the Word of God, the promise of the Father, the promise of God. Someone said there's 7,000 promises. Somebody else said there's 32,000 promises in the Word of God. Somewhere between seven and 32, I haven't figured it out yet. Why don't you count them up and let me know what you come up with? But somewhere between seven and 32,000 promises that are all available to you and me, we've got to put our faith on it. We've got to be like Abraham. We don't look at our own circumstances, our own situation. We look to the Word of God. If God's Word says it, I believe it, and I'll stand on it, and that's that. And it will become manifested in your life. So, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. In other words, he was worshiping. See, what we do is we give our complaints to God. We give our squawking to God. God, why, why, why? When, when, when? Where, where, where? And here's my response. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Abraham gave glory to God. What you ought to be doing is giving glory to God. Father, your word says it. I glorify you. I stand on it. Thank you, Master. It'll be a reality in my life. My hope is not in a thing. It is not in a person. It is not in any object on this this earth. My hope is in the word of God. My faith stands together with my joyful, confident, favorable expectation of things to come. And bam, that's when I'm going to see my faith start to produce in my life. So he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Let me tell you what. When your faith seems weak weak that's the time for you to lift up some praise that's the time for you to lift up some worship that's the time for you to start lifting up some thanksgiving to god remembering the blessings and remembering the former things that god has done in your life that's the time that will strengthen your faith you've got to worship you've got to praise you've got to thank god for what he's done and what he is doing currently not squawking complaining and belly aching worshiping God. He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. God, you said it. God, you're not a man that you should lie. God, you've never let me down. God, you're with me. You're for me, not against me. You're walking right beside me. Thank you, God, that in the in the spirit realm, you are arranging things. You are moving things around. I, I, I'm about to walk into the... Ble- Come on, are you with me? Are you with me? Are you with me? You see, you're... We're, we're doing our part on this side of eternity and God's doing his part on this side of eternity. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing and God's gonna do what he's gonna do. And I'm gonna tell you what, it's gonna come together and you're gonna see your faith be turned to sight. And you can believe God for whatever it is that you need to believe God for. I don't care what kind of car you drive, what kind of house you live in, what kind of clothes you wear. That's just poverty thinking, oh, well, they don't want to, you know, uh, I don't want to have too much. I don't want to look greedy. Let me tell you what. God looks at the heart. He doesn't look at your junk. The streets are made of gold. The gates are pearls. Do you think, do you know what a Mercedes is to God or a BMW or a Bentley? It's junk.
0: Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray.